Chevy Equinox with forward collision alert, automatic emergency braking, and available all-wheel drive. It's my ultimate mobile device. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule a test drive. Chevy Equinox. It's your choice. Own it. Does it get any better than Chicago food? From longtime favorites to newly opened locations, Italian beef joints to pizza places, burritos to sushi, Chicago's very own eats celebrates a wide range of food and restaurants in the greater Chicagoland area. Hosts Kevin Powell and Michael Piff welcome you into their daily food talk in the WGN Radio break room as they discuss their latest foodie adventures, their top five lists, the latest social media arguments, interviews with chefs, and conversations with local celebs about their favorite places to eat. This is Chicago's Very Own Eats. Welcome into another edition of Chicago's Very Own Eats. I'm Kevin Powell alongside Mike Piff, a very special guest on this episode. Billy Zerkat joins us. Billy's doing some pretty cool things, raising awareness for muscular dystrophy and uh, tells us about his story and how he got into pizza making. He's just an at-home chef and he's been collaborating with a bunch of pizza shops in town and uh, really has a great story and was a ton of fun to talk to Mike. So we'll bring you that in, in just a few minutes. We do want to get into some Super Bowl recipes, some stuff uh, you've cooked in the past, something you might be cooking this year, um, some stuff I did last year. I think I went like way overboard last year. We had so much food. You really raised the bar. It, it, we did. And this year we're really trying to uh, strip it down a little bit. But um, last year I made uh, short rib nachos that were fantastic. So it just, I mean, the and the nice thing, though, is you can make that ahead of time, the short ribs, which I made on the Saturday night before. Um, you know, once they're done, you shred the meat and you're good to go. We actually made the – we fried the tortillas, so we got whole tortillas and then quarter them and then fried them. And then it's a little tricky because they're hot when you're taking them out. But I almost tried to, like, fold them a little bit up, almost like forming a, a tortilla scoop chip, like one of those. I love that. Not to the full extent of that, but just a little bit, almost to give it a little bit of a pocket in the middle. A nice bowl. Yeah, nice little bowl. Um, because you and I have talked about nachos before. Nacho platters are great. They're fun. Um, but I've been to spots before where they basically make individual nachos. Like each nacho has some meat, some cheese, a jalapeno, and then you can doctor it up with whatever you want. So that's what I was trying to make last year. And that's pretty much exactly how they turned out. So they made the short ribs on Saturday. Uh, tortillas only take you know a minute or two. Put some oil in a cast iron or whatever you got. And then once the tortillas are done, it's really just kind of plating it. So I put the short ribs uh, in each tortilla. Whatever your favorite cheese is, pile it on, put a lot, put a little, whatever you feel like. Then put it in a, a, a cooking sheet, pop it in your oven um, You know, for a few minutes just to get the cheese melted and the meat warm. Maybe top it with a pickled jalapeno, and they're good to go. And then we kind of drizzled. Uh, it was like a sour cream adobo type sauce. Um, and, you know, nachos, y- you have fun with them. If Whatever you want to put on them, douse them in, in hot sauce. However you want to do it. So that was last year. This year, I'm going to attempt, and buffalo wings are essentially impossible at home to replicate what you get at a restaurant. It's they, true. They Very just true. are because restaurants have the oil. They have the space. They've been doing it forever. The flavors are down. Um, and, you know, I love picking up wings, but it's the wing experience at a restaurant after you order a fresh pound of buffalo. It's not going to be the same when you get home. It just no. never is. So I found um, a recipe online, and it's more of a technique and how to get your wings in the oven super extra crispy. 
And essentially, I think you, you cook them low, like 250 on the lower rack, just for about 25, 30 minutes. Um, and then you, you up it for about 45 minutes on the top rack at 400 degrees, a little bit higher. So you're kind of melting the fat a little bit in the beginning, Ooh. and then you're crisping them up uh, towards the end. And then, you know, you put your buffalo sauce on and whatever. So I'm going to attempt to do that this Sunday. We'll see how it goes. We'll probably have some some dips or whatnot. We're definitely not as going as big as we did last year where I had, like, pulled pork, short rib nachos. <laughs> It was just crazy. But the short rib nachos are great. Um, and, again, that's something you can make the Saturday or even the Friday before where once you get the short ribs done, you braise them for a few hours, season them how you want, shred them, good to go. And then you're basically just plating them on, on Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, so. I'm going to need to see photos of yes. these wings, man. And we're going to have these recipes up on the website too. A couple that I'm going to be doing this weekend. It's very uh, cream cheese based. I'll put it that way. There's Always at least good. Always like two blocks of cream cheese involved in each of these. <laughs> cream cheese is great because from there you just kind of add whatever you want, like shredded cheese or a little bit of like hot sauce and, and whatever else you want. You you just melt it down however you want and it turns into a great dish. Yeah, so my version of queso, and it's funny because I've got family members that laugh at me for not using just like Velveeta, but what I use is two blocks of cream cheese and then that can of Hormel chili. Yeah. No beans in mine. You know, I don't mind beans, but for this, no beans. Mix it either in a crock pot or a bowl. Heat that up. Uh, put in a can of Rotel, like a good 10-ounce can of Rotel with the uh, chilies and diced tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And then just, you know, cayenne at your own discretion, right? Like <laughs> right. however hot you always, want that to yeah. get. But, man, that thing reheats so well. I always make too much. So that's it, just those three just things? Just those three things, okay. and it's super easy. The other really easy one that I'm going to be including on our, our recipe uh, article we'll be putting out later today that you'll find on WGNRadio.com is our uh, sausage roll-ups, which, again, Ooh. two blocks of cream cheese. And then take, you know, a pound of your breakfast sausage, whether it's Jimmy Dean's, Bob Evans, I won't judge, you know, get that all kind of diced up, drain it, mix it in with the cream cheese. So you got your mix right there. And then you take Pillsbury Crescent Roll dough. And instead of just breaking up into the triangles, you got to get the originals first off. That's that's key. Or you get big and flaky if you want to, you know. If you feel spicy or something like that. But keep them in the rectangles. Start scooping out your cream cheese and your breakfast sausage mix. Put it down the middle. Then pinch it together like basically big rolls. Put it in the oven at like 375. Let that go for 15, 20 minutes. Comes out and just cut it out single serving sizes. That is a go-to with some of my Super Bowl uh, spreads I've had in the past. Love so it. real easy. Again, cream cheese is king. Yes. Yeah. I've been I have made um throughout the the playoffs a couple of times jalapeno poppers at home, which are Ooh. very easy. You get like a dozen jalapenos, you have them lengthwise, get the seeds and like the core out and all that. And again, the ones I've been making, it's I don't know, yeah, like half a block of cream cheese, some shredded cheddar um, I think a little bit of mayo and then whatever seasonings you want. I, I like to just put a bunch of hot sauce into it, maybe a pinch of cayenne, salt and pepper. You mix that up and you just stuff each jalapeno. Just fill them up and you put them in the oven for like 10, 15 minutes. And yeah. They're fantastic and everybody likes them. So, yeah. Our friend Luke Stuckmeyer actually, uh, I've tried his slider recipe a couple times and I might do that again this weekend. I'm going to include that recipe in there because oh, it's, wow. it's that all kinds good. of good stuff it's got a lot of good stuff but 
We need to get to the uh, the holiday that is National Pizza Day today, yes. which is very fitting for our conversation with Billy, right? Yeah, Billy brought us a pizza, not that he made, but it was Millie's Pan Pizza, which I've been trying. I, I've been. I think it's on to... both our bucket lists. Yes, and it was so so good. <laughs> I mean, it was like pepperoni and jalapeno. It was a beautiful looking pizza. Um, I like that Billy uh, describes it as refined Pequods. Yeah, I would say it's like a hybrid of deep dish and Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, like a little like, bit like kind of that flatter. caramelized cheese crust on the edges, a little bit thinner, less doughy than a Pequod's, but still kind of that same concept. I loved it, and mm-hmm. I, I, I can't wait to try it again. But, um, yes, National Pizza Day is here. Um, a very exciting day. Extremely excited. We've had pizza here at the station all day today yes. from, like, different places. Kevin, what are the pizzas you grew up with? I know we talked about this before, but, like, like what what was your first impression of pizza? Not first impression, but early impressions of pizza. Well, well Mugavero's remains my top pizza. It's, yeah. uh, it's a spot where you can get some pizza, ribs, chicken, stuff like that. It's all takeout. And we would go to the one in Des Plaines, And that's the one we would pretty much always get for, you know, big family parties or late night stuff. Uh, it's still, I just love it. Maybe it's just because of what we, we've had forever and I'm just used to it. But when I'm back out in the burbs at my parents, I always try to get an order of Mugavero's pizza in. I'm, uh, I'm going to get to have my childhood favorite when I go up to my parents this weekend, JJ Twigs in Lake Zurich. It's a spot. And uh, it's heart-shaped pizza season, so I, <laughs> I get to make the call for two heart-shaped pizzas on the way. It's that That's always been my standard for Thin Crust, but then I finally tried... Uh, Kim's Uncle Pizza oh, last, yes. or last week. And that's wow. a real thin tavern cracker crust type stuff. Real right? thin. It's just looking at the bottom, you know they put a lot of care into this pizza. <laughs> I got two different kinds. I got the pepperoni with honey drizzle, hot honey drizzle. Nice. And I think I'm going to be getting honey on a lot of my pizzas going forward because it went so well with the pepperoni. And then uh, J.P. Graziano Jardinera with Italian beef was also oh, yeah. fantastic. And, uh, yeah, man. It, so you have your favorite from when you were growing up. What about, like, around now, to, Like, what have you had recently? Like, um, this would, is a game changer. Well, I would say Joe's in Wheeling. is That Joe's is real thin. Yeah. Um, that is fantastic pizza. I think downtown, I live downtown. I love Labriola. It's a great spot. Um, so, yeah, there is uh, there are a lot of pizza choices for us here <laughs> at the radio station today. And uh, I know it's a big – are you having pizza for dinner, Mike? You know, not tonight just because we're Take having a breather. All, but <laughs> I, I have my in-laws coming in this weekend, and my wife has given me the green light on picking up pizza tomorrow. There you go. So Pizza Friday. That is going to happen. Um, so there's, we're going to share some recipes that we have if you're looking to make some uh, something on Sunday for the big game. And uh, we'll put that on the um, – you'll see it when you get to our, our website. You'll see all the uh, the recipes and suggestions. Um, but we had a great conversation with Billy Zerkat. Trippin' Billy, he goes by on social media, doing really cool things. And here's our conversation with Billy. All right, now joining us on the Chicago's Very Own Eats podcast is Billy Zerkat. I've been practicing that name. The last name looks a little intimidating. But it's pronounced Zerkat. Billy, uh, we'll get into your story and what you've been doing because it's a great story. Um, You did bring us a pizza, though. And it's a bit distracting as we begin this interview here, <laughs> it Billy. It smells so good right now and looks amazing. <laughs> uh, tell us about the pizza you brought in here, Billy. So first off, thank you guys for having me. Uh, my car smells like pizza now. Like it, 
actually usually just smells like pizza, I think, too, anyway. but uh, <laughs> It's a great scent. Yeah, great scent. so right before we got here, I was at Millie's Pizza in the Pan in Uptown. Um, I did a collaboration back with them back in August with Robert, the owner. Sweetest guy in the world. Um, very funny. He calls me last week. He's like, hey. And he never calls me. So it's just like I figure something's wrong. I'm like, hey, what's up? <laughs> hey, I need a favor. Not a big deal, but... Good Morning America is going to feature my spot and put me in a competition for best pizza in Chicago. And I need somebody to come in and act like a customer and maybe answer some questions. And I figured you're very comfortable and we'd be really good at it. And I go, wait, what? Like record scratch. Not a big deal. You're going to Good Morning America. No this is a real casual thing. Uh, but yeah, I was helping him out and I had to uh, act like I was a paid customer and I just talked about his <laughs> wax poetic about his pizza for like five minutes on national TV. So that was pretty hilarious. I haven't had it, but every, the buzz about it's it's Oh, it's it, spectacular. Everybody loves it. It's spectacular pizza. It's um, deep dish, but more pan. It's a, a, not as deep as deep the, dish. It's, it's kind of got that, ch- that ch- charred crust around the edge a little I, bit. I liken it to it's. It's a more refined Pequod's, and and I say that in the nicest way, but it takes like the the idea of what Pequod's is: pan pizza, caramelized cheese edges, but it's like the dough is just beautifully made. The toppings, it's just a beautiful, visually beautiful pizza, but the flavor combinations are much more than just throwing on pepperoni on a pizza and calling it a pepperoni pizza, and that's it. Like there's there's pickled peppers, there's there's balance in the pizza. It's really good. Let's talk about your story, sure. Billy, uh, how you got into the whole pizza making. I know you're raising money. Just give everybody a background on your story and what you've been dealing with, what sure. you've been battling through, and what you're raising money for. Sure, sure. So, yeah, my story is, um, it's a unique one. It's a, it's a weird one, but uh, it's also a pretty great one. Um, about nine years ago, um, after playing sports my entire life, played basketball my entire life, worked in sports media. I worked at ESPN Radio for almost nine years here in Chicago, produced a radio show and produced White Sox and Bulls games and everything. So sports was my life, especially basketball. And around the age of 30, I was still playing basketball a few times a week with friends, nothing like, you know, just recreationally. And all of a sudden, I would just have these issues where I would start, like, basically losing my balance and falling out of nowhere. I'd be backpedaling on defense. i fall over. I chalked it up to, I am 30, um, past my prime, I'm over the hill, and then this is how it's going to happen. And I joked about that, but it would happen, because it was very mild at the beginning. It would happen maybe once every, like, five, six games. It was nothing, like, to really raise concern. As time went on, those falls would start to happen off the court. I would start to look at, like, the muscle mass on my legs, and they were getting smaller. It was like, I'd wear tights or, like, leggings under my workout, like, under shorts under my workout clothes, and I'd, like, tug on them, and they were becoming baggy. And, you know, tights are called tights for a reason. They shouldn't be baggy. And so it raised concern. Um, but I did what any guy in his 30s would probably do and ignore it. Um, I just, I was in denial, kind of afraid, didn't know what's going on because nothing like this ran in my family. So a few years later, go to the doctor for the first time in 2016, and I got nothing but a bunch of medical bills. I did every test you could think of. I got no results, no direction. And I was fed up with it, and I decided to just, just to work out through it. I'm going to do what like what got me where I was in my life, and that was like work ethic. So I just hustled, and I started working out every morning with a personal trainer who was a physical therapist, and we tried to like just fight it. And I, I was just basically put on a Band-Aid on something that was serious, um, more serious. So it started progressing over the years. Everything changed for me in 2020 when the pandemic happened. Obviously changed for everybody. But gyms closing, all of a sudden my active lifestyle uh, – became more of a sedentary lifestyle 
and I started falling a lot. Like it was a few times a week I would fall. I got to the point where I couldn't get the stairs without a railing anymore. If I was in a seated position, I couldn't just stand up. I would just have to push up with my body to assist it. And I hit it so well. Like a lot of friends, family really didn't know anything was going on because I would just, they knew I worked out. They knew I was active that, you know, I was probably just sore, you know, and I would just act like, oh, yeah, it's leg day. Every day is just leg day for me. So I was just sore. Well, one day I was with my um, now fiance, uh, but girlfriend at the time. We went to the Rosemont Outlet Malls just to get out of the house. This is, this is, uh, this is uh, February 13th of 2021. I take one step out of my car. My leg gives out. I fall. I fell, I don't know, hundreds of times over the years. But I've never fell where I actually hurt myself. This time I fell, I couldn't get up. I ended up dislocating a joint in my foot. So I'm sitting on the floor of the Rosemont parking garage, and I can't get up. And I push myself up off the ground, hop to the car, and I'm dislocating this this joint in my foot. I had to go to ER. And doctors were like, how did you, what happened? Walk us through this. How did you fall? I'm like, I literally just took a step. I have this muscle issue or something going on where my legs just kind of give out. And this, this is a bigger issue. Um, and so I was forced, it was my wake-up call, go to the doctor. So I found a new neurologist at Rush Medical Center. Now things changed from 2016 to 2021. Now there's advancements in medicine and with genetic testing. And they're like, hey, this this looks like this is going to be some type of muscular disorder, some type of genetic disorder. Let's get you tested. So they swab my nose and my cheek. And literally a week and a half later, after eight years of trying to figure out why the hell I'm falling, why my life and body has changed, I got diagnosed with what's called limb girdle muscular dystrophy 2L. It's a very rare form of muscular dystrophy that is adult onset. It can you can shape, take shape in childhood too, but mine didn't take shape until thirty plus years of my life. So um, all of a sudden now I'm thirty eight and I have to learn how to relive, relive my life or relearn my life with a permanent disability that there's no disease, there's no cures, there's no treatments, and it's going to progressively get worse. But I don't know the time frame. I could look the same five years from now. I could look very different. I could be in a wheelchair. I don't know. And it was uh, it was very, very hard for me. I took it. I'm a pretty positive person for the most part. Um, and I've had a lot of victories in my life. Um, but I looked at this like I was just stuck in the past. Now, I'm, I'm talking about what I lost and what I can't do anymore. And instead of celebrating the good, I was just focused on what I can't do anymore. And so to take you back, because my story is, like I said, an interesting one. While that's all happening, while my body's changing, while I'm getting to the point where I can't run or jump anymore and I can't get up the stairs and I'm having these issues, I needed an outlet. Um, and so I turned to the kitchen. I always liked cooking, um, never really baked before, but I wanted to, I needed something creative. And I mentioned before I worked at ESPN prior and I was a producer. So like I always had a creative mind and I needed to fill it. Whether, you know, I lost sports, I didn't work in radio anymore, I didn't have that. So I turned to the kitchen. I joke, I traded my jersey in for an apron, and I started focusing on becoming a, a really good home cook and eventually became a baker. Um, I, instead of going to the gym and shooting 50 three-pointers, 100 three-pointers, 
I am making 10 loaves of bread. I am making pizza now for the first and time. And when, when did the pizza really take off for you? And he, talk about, yeah. so you've been collaborating with restaurants. Do I have that correct? Or you've been doing this at home? Yeah. Just the so, whole pizza thing took off for you. So what happened, okay, the first time I ever made pizza was 2017. I went to Paulie G's in Logan Square, just opened for the first time. And I tried their Detroit-style pizza. The only Detroit-style pizza I had prior to that was Jets. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And, and the owner was so nice, so I decided to DM him. Um, and I said, hey, I'm I'm interested in getting into pizza making. I've never done this before. It's just a hobby. I'd like to get into it. And he's like, yeah, come on by. So Derek Tung, the owner of Poly G's in Logan Square, reached out. And he's like, hey, come on by. I'll show you some tips. Told me what pans to get, just some basic stuff. And I started making pizzas, and I just self-taught. I, I, I'm a visual learner, so I, as long as I can see a video of somebody doing it once, I, I have this skill that I can replicate it. So... I just started doing it, and he became like my pizza muse over the years where I would just bring pizza in and like, hey, try this. What do you think? And the beginning, they were kind of like, you know, bricky and dense. And then as time went on, I got better. You know, I started practicing and feeding friends, and pizza, friends are like, this pizza is really good. And and then in 2020, I, you know, as I started getting to the point where I didn't need recipes now, I'm developing my own. I'm becoming a confident home cook and baker now. I went to the farmer's market. And I joke when I go to farmer's markets that I black out because I get excited about all the weird <laughs> food I can get. And I end up coming home with like five pounds of shishito peppers for some reason. And I didn't know what to do with them. So I decided like I'm not going to roast these. Let me make a sauce out of them. So I made this shishito pepper cream sauce. I just cooked on some garlic, uh, shallots, and um, cooked on the peppers, added some heavy cream to reduce it, and parmesan and nutmeg. And I made this like thick, you know, old sauce and i'm like okay no what do i do with this now i just made the sauce but i was dabbling with pizza so i decided to put it on a pizza with corn because i figured corn and peppers go well together so it was very simply um shishito pepper sauce corn and mozzarella on this like grandma style sheet pan pizza very basic i tried it i'm like this is interesting this is really good i've never had a pizza like this before interesting flavors uh a year later i decided to revisit it i'm like i had something here but I wanted to redo it, and I, I upgraded. This time, I turned it into a Detroit-style pizza. I added some cheddar cheese to give it like the crispy edges uh, of the Detroit-style pizza. I added some pickled jalapenos to give it richness, or to cut the richness of all that cheese and cream. And I finished it with like a shishito pepper on each slice. And all of a sudden, I have this really cool pizza I'm posting about that's so unique. Derek Tung, who became an acquaintance over the years, I would say friend, but you know we were not like super tight calls me one day and again this is another person in pizza that calls me which i'm not expecting a call from <laughs> he's like hey billy we're doing a an event for charity to raise money for no kid hungry where we're celebrating the best home pizza makers in the city i'd love to have you come in and make your pepper pizza i always see you post about i said oh my god i'm in i've never done this before it'd be so cool i've never worked in a restaurant or even done anything in a professional kitchen i made 14 of those pizzas i initially called it the sheesh that's corny uh, that was my that. that was my name for that pizza. I, I'm an idiot. I love to just make it. If I could just be paid to make pun names, I'll be I like for <laughs> restaurants. I'll be happy. Uh, so I make this pizza and it goes over really well. Um, people were coming up to me saying, "This is like one of the best pizzas they ever had." Do you have a restaurant? There's no way you're just a home cook. I'm like, I am. Derek was like, "Listen, I'm so proud of you, kid. This is like you did so good. Let's put this on special in November. Uh, we have a spot to be a monthly special." And I'm like, "Sure." So I'm pumped now. I'm going to have a pizza on a menu, and I'm only six months you know, past my diagnosis. I'm still in, I'm miserable in my day-to-day. I'm, I'm still, like, anxious and not comfortable with myself and not happy. This is this made me happy. So a two, two weeks prior to this event uh, where it's just going to be on the menu, just a pizza, nothing more, nothing less. I'm walking my dog. Uh, I have a wiener dog named Einstein, and we're walking in my neighborhood, and I take a step, and I fall. 
A woman sees me fall literally behind me, looks at me, and keeps walking. Doesn't help me. And I don't want her help because I'm just independent. I'm stubborn like that anyway. So I'm pulling myself up from a fence, and I was so triggered. I was so angry. Not that she didn't help me. But everything came to a foot in my life that I'm like, what am I hiding? I'm trying to act like I'm I'm healthy and normal, and I'm not like I don't want to embrace this, but I'm just avoiding it. And so I decided to call Derek that night, and this is where my life took a turn. I said, Derek, I want to rename this pizza. Um, can we call it the Tripping Billy? And he started laughing. He's like, Are you a Dave Matthews Band fan? Because there's a Dave Matthews yeah. song. Oh yeah, that's just what I thought too. And I'm like, No, no, I'm not a Dave Matthews fan. Fan. Um, unfortunately, I have muscular dystrophy. It causes me to lose my balance and fall. Uh, my legs are weak and leads to balance issues. And I would love if we could have this pizza on the menu, call it the Trippy Billy, and if you could donate maybe a dollar or two for each pizza to the Muscular Dystrophy Association. It's the largest non-for-profit and non-government agency uh, organization in the country that works to find a cure for muscular dystrophy. ALS and other like 50 other different neuromuscular diseases and they're going to be basically tied to me for the rest of my life if there's going to be a cure one day it's probably because of them I said can we do this let me share my story about how food and cooking helped me essentially reinvent myself during the weirdest time of my life and we sold 150 pizzas that month. Um, I started my own little social media campaign. You know, I used my old my old radio and, and broadcasting journalism skills, and I Block Club wrote an article about the pizza. Um, Our buddy John Hansen talked to you. Yes, John Hansen talked to me throughout the year. That kicked off everything. So I raised three thousand dollars alone in November of 2021, and I realized maybe this is my calling. Maybe food is my voice, and you know what? My voice has power. I'm comfortable speaking. I, I a lot of people that in my position that have a rare disease, A don't have a platform, B don't feel comfortable talking about it. I have a media background. I am comfortable being on a camera or behind a microphone. And I realized that like I could become a voice for the voiceless and bring you know attention to something that a lot of people don't really even know what it is and and advocate in a way that you know, people aren't really advocating through food. I'm just doing things that make me happy. So I decided I wanted to collaborate with different restaurants and raise money and awareness. And flash forward now, we're in February of 23. I've raised $35,000 for the wow. MDA in a year. I've done 25 different collaborations. I launched a Tripping Billy tour where I have my pizza, the Tripping Billy, the Shishito pepper and corn pizza. I've had it at nine different places, reinvented to their style of dough. Same toppings, though, which just harkens back to my story about reinvention. I think it's kind of cool to tell a story in that way. But I found my voice through food. Now I have bigger reasons. Like, I... I I'm chasing a passion that I love in cooking and baking, but I'm also just living my life and chasing something I enjoy doing and and bringing attention to something that people don't really know about, breaking the stereotypes of what a disability looks like. Um, and you got a really cool cane, though, Billy, I will say. Thank you. Thank you. That yeah, that's was a badass cane. a badass cane. Thank you. I mean, that was, you know, there's a lot of themes to my story, but growth is, is another one of them because I didn't, I never used the cane. I would just fall. That this location of my foot I told you about, that fall, that the initial fall the, that happened on February 13th of 2021, literally one year later, Valentine's Day of, 24, of, uh, of 2022, February 14th, same thing. Walking my dog, I take a step, I fall, joint pops out again. Same, same injury. I'm back into a boot and a f- just starting over again. I fell three times in the same way, did the same injury three times. Last June, I decided... Uh, after having basically like a meltdown that I, I'm sick of this happening, 
I need to get over the mental hurdle of being 39 and having a cane or using a cane because that was the only thing that's going to stop these falls. Now, there's no way to treat my this or like there's no brace that's going to keep me upright. I just have to watch myself. And I said, you know what? I'm literally going to lean into this. I'm going to make canes cool. I'm going to get a, I'm going to, my cane is a bird on it <laughs> and I have another cane that like the top screws off and it's a telescope inside That's of it. Like awesome. I decided to make it my sneakers, if you will, and, and make it look cool. And I guess, you know, I had to rip the bandaid off one day and show up in public with this cane and I did it. And the first thing someone said is like, that's a badass cane. It's a badass cane. <laughs> like, That's you. what I thought. And so all of a sudden, the mental hurdle of me Yeah, so, where, so it's been two, two years since the diagnosis, essentially, essentially right? Essentially, yeah, we're coming up, yeah. So where are you at now? Like, your mindset, you, you seem pretty happy, and you, you're enjoying talking about it and doing all this. Where where are you at with all of that? I mean, you went through a difficult time. It's been almost two years now. Um, like you said, you don't know exactly what the future is going to look like, but it sounds like you've got a, about as good of a grasp as, as one can have in this situation. I'll tell you what, uh, pull the curtain back, and I'm very open about this stuff I talk about all the time. Like, I'm never going to be at peace with this, but what I've done in the past year, year and a half by, you know, coming from just the home cook with, like, no unknown kind of thing to collaborating with some of the biggest restaurants in Chicago and raising this money and awareness and, like, now I've been kind of like, you know, I've, I've kind of like leaned into the idea of working, you know, getting maybe into food media and sharing my story that way and taking my platform bigger and bigger. Like, you know, I mentioned that, you know, sports, there's like there's connections I want to still do and, and not only just use food, but I want to use sports as my my outlet and maybe, you know, have a muscular dystrophy awareness night at the United Center for yeah. the Bulls and like these things. So I think big and I always said I was going to take this to the moon um, when I started. I didn't know what the moon looked like, but now I have a belief. But I I understand the idea of acceptance now because I realize like I can I have impacted a lot of people like I've talked to parents of children that have muscular dystrophy I've talked to people fellow you know adults like myself that have muscular dystrophy have ALS and have these these neuromuscular diseases and they say like hey we look up to you like you're representing us really well thank you we needed somebody I realize it's not just for me anymore um, and so there's a bigger meaning behind this, and I don't know if I'll ever, I don't know if I'll ever fully accept it, but I understand the idea of acceptance more. It's 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 been very fulfilling for me um, to hopefully inspire people, regardless of health. If you have nothing going on, if you just lost you lost your job, you you know you went through a breakup or a divorce or something, something forced your life to change and pivot. I'm just trying to show people that like you can still do good things and and reinvent yourself, whether it's. Whether it's food, maybe maybe it's sports for you. Maybe it's you know sewing, the power of food. Considering this is a food podcast, is yeah. pretty incredible, right? It can bring people together in so many different ways. Whether it's just a, a family meal or someone like you, Billy, making some awesome pizza and doing good with it. I just listen. Pizza gets everybody excited. Uh, food yeah, gets everybody course. excited. I just, so maybe it's something people might shy away from or maybe not pay attention to. But all of a sudden, you bring some food into it, Billy. Listen. kind of changes the conversation. I, I, joke, I joke around <laughs> that I'm here to feed you and probably get you drunk along the way. I've had, a, I've, I've done cocktail and beer collaborations. So it's like I want to bring attention to this. I don't want to just ask you to donate the, you know, to the charity and stuff. Like, it's cool. The money's great. If we can raise a billion dollars for the MDA, wonderful. But like at the end of the day, there's still no guarantee that money turns into anything for a cure. I just want to bring attention to this so people understand what this is and don't look at everybody the same. Like I've had to go through a, a transformation, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally, 
And I've had to grow up, whether it's making the change and say, you know what, I need to grow up and use a cane, and it's okay. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to need help. Um, so I, I've grown a lot in this process, and uh, I've also grown a lot as a as a home cook and a baker now to the point where when I do these things, you know, people know there's a good cause behind it, but, like, things are selling out. I I, I did my own pop-up where I did all the cooking um, at a place called Money Gun um, and St. Louis Assembly in the West Loop. I did a, a little barbecue pop-up kind of thing with a friend of mine. The food sold out in literally 45 minutes, and I was blown away. I'm like, wait, what? This is for me? And people were here not only just for the cause of the ability food's awesome i did a sandwich with jt's genuine an awesome sandwich shop and uh i think it's like consider irving park but done elston wonderful sandwich shop known as one of the best shops in the city he does not need my business or anything you know they're gonna be busy without me i did a sandwich called the d rose it was a chicago inspired chopped cheese so it was a new york sandwich with the heart of chicago that's why i call it d rose and d rose was my favorite you know chicago athlete and um we sold a it was 289 sandwiches in five days. And he said, it's my, it was my busiest week of the year. These weren't my regulars. This was, this was because of you. Like people like wow. your food. They like your cause and Billy doing special things. And like, it's like, I now going back to the basketball analogy. I feel like I'm Steph Curry right now. I, I I'm, I'm on fire and I'm just going to keep heat checking myself until it goes because I want to win championships and I want to make some, I want to make a difference for people that are going through what I'm going through, but also, just have fun and show people that, like, again, change can be different. But can you bring the bulls fun. some pizza so you cheer them up a little bit? I'm dying to. Not... Don't get me started about that. Like, they're, they're Let's keep the, it up. Yeah, they're the ones bringing me down. Right, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Maybe some pizzas can inspire them or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, Billy, you're doing awesome things, yeah. man. Thank you guys. Appreciate you coming in. Thank you. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, no, I for one love getting to know you and and honestly both of us making a friend like you too thank you and going back to the collaborations you are teaming up with manny's deli who yes. would just you know, coming off of our episode with uh with dan raskin and uh their knish series has yes. kicked off so you have a knish on the way is there anything you can divulge a little bit yeah. about that i can just, tell you I, we just did our test last week uh, yeah so the name of it is the Knishing Billy, uh, because <laughs> I add ING to anything in my, and I add my name to it, and it just works. Like, if I want to have a glue company, it could be the Gripping Billy, and it'll just like, okay, here's my glue. Uh, so I can add anything to it. But our Knishing, or the Knishing Billy is um, the Knish pastry dough on the outside, and then it's potato, uh, mashed potato, and then my shishito pepper cream sauce, corn, pickle moz- uh, pickled jalapenos, mozzarella cheddar. So all the ingredients of the Triple Billy pizza, um, it's remade into a Knish, and it's pretty awesome. And Thank you to Dan and Manny's. Not only are they doing this Kanish series, but they're donating a portion to all of the different things to the Muscular Dispute Association. That's amazing. So, yeah, they're wonderful. Billy, we really appreciate you stopping by, man. Thank um, you, guys. I know you're working on a Kansas City pizza today, <laughs> for the uh, which was the big game-inspired pizza. So yeah. um, thank you very much. Thank if anybody guys. wants to follow you, where should they go? How do you if they want to give money, whatever sure, it may be, sure. or they want to try your pizza, just give us the details there before we uh, wrap okay. this up. Okay, so two things. Follow me on Instagram. That's basically my hub right now. I'm working on a website that'll be coming soon. But the Instagram is the real Billy Z T H A R T H E R E A L Billy Z. I have everything there. If you'd like to donate to my fundraiser for the MDA, if you just click on, um, there's a link tree in my bio there. Click on that. First link on top is my Muscular Dystrophy Association fundraiser. You can try the Tripping Billy. Uh, it just finished at Zaza's. It'll be coming next month at Robert's Pizza and Dough, which is right. out here in the Streeterville area. You can try my actual pizza. I'm doing a tavern-style pizza pop-up. The This is this is actually breaking news. I haven't even announced this yet. Uh, Sugar Moon Bakery out in Logan Square. Uh, awesome. Partner with Dina. Um, be making my own tavern-style pop-up. 
it'll be coming tuesday the 21st and i might be doing that maybe once a month uh, taking my pizza out there so yeah i have a lot of stuff just stay tuned to my instagram you can see where i have everything coming up i have a lot of really cool um collaborations coming up and a lot of fun events and uh just uh, come along with the ride. I'm having fun, and I hope you guys can join and, and enjoy my ride with me. It's a very cool story, Billy. We appreciate you stopping by. Great to meet you. Great to talk to you. And we will uh, be following and trying your pizza as much as we can. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. And that's going to do it for another edition of Chicago's Very Own Eats. Happy National Pizza Day, everybody. Thanks again to Billy Zerkaff for joining us. Great stuff from Billy. Make sure you follow him on social media and um, follow his story, doing some great things. For Mike Piff, I'm Kevin Powell. Thank you for listening. This is Chicago's Very Own Eats. Mm-hmm.